Hello and welcome to The Dirt, in association with the Organic Gardening Catalogue. This is the podcast that understands that gardening is just trowel and error. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm Blake, deputy editor. And on today's show, we're going to be having some topical gardening chat, getting your jobs on the plot for the month. But first, we've got Rachel, Instagram sensation, the good life ain't easy. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hello, how are you guys? We're good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So with this podcast, what we like to do is we like to get down into the gardening failures, things that have gone wrong, funny stories. But before we get into that, we'll ease you in gently. Um, Would you be able to tell us a bit about your biggest gardening successes? Of course. I actually think it's always so much easier to talk about the failures than the successes, isn't it? (laughs) Um, But I think... To be honest, the biggest success this year has actually just been getting out and keeping everything going with a newborn. Um, So my son was born in um, April, which isn't really the best time of year for like the garden. And I was like two weeks pregnant, just out and about weeding the allotment. And just keeping everything going with him at the allotment with me has been, it's been really enjoyable. And I've learned so much just to let weeds go and just to find the joy in the process of doing it rather than getting hung up on how it looks. And things have gone in later um, than planned. But actually, I've learned so much from that as well in terms of frost dates and actually sometimes accidentally planting something and it grows so much more successfully than it has previously. So that's been a really enjoyable learning process. Is has that something is that something that was important to you to sort of get Arlo out into the garden as well and get him into the sort of growing your own lifestyle? Yes, I, I think for two reasons. I think one, it's really good for him just to be outside and he loves just listening to the birds and watching the trees. Um, and I also think as a new mum, it's been really good for me to just have like 10, 20 minutes every day where I feel I'm doing something other than just looking after him. Um, and I sometimes I feel like you're not meant to say that, but I think it makes <laughs> me so much more of a better yeah. mum because I've just had that like 10 minutes to breathe and um, and then I can sort of focus on things so much better. It really clears your head, doesn't it, when you get out in the, even as you say, if it's just for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just getting out there, getting outside and clearing your head for a bit and then you can come back in refreshed and get on with the day again. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone talks about the health benefits of gardening. And I think over the last six months, it's something I've really appreciated more than ever, just the difference that that time outside can can make. You also have chickens in your garden, don't you? I do have chickens. Yes, I'm a, a bit of a crazy chicken lady. <laughs> I love I love title. seeing them on your Instagram feed. They're so cute. How do you find that works with veg growing? Do you have a lot of crops that have been attacked by the chickens? Do you sort of find a lot of your a lot of your lettuce leaves and stuff have been eaten by the chickens instead of you? Um I mean gardening with chickens is is a very interesting experience. They don't come to the allotment with me because it would just be destroyed in about five minutes flat. Um, but they're really helpful in that they, they're not fussy about what they eat vegetable wise. So you can bring back like the, the lettuce that's been absolutely devoured by slugs and they're just like, oh, yay, you know, extra. <laughs> um, so that's good. Um, but also just the process of how we use sort of the chicken waste and then taking that to the allotment for the vegetables is that's part of our kind of growing cycle which I think really benefits the soil. Um, So moving on to the things that gardeners might be less keen to talk about. Yeah that's enough of the good stuff let's get get some of the dirt. What have been any particular sort of gardening failures or things that you know haven't gone to plan but you know you've maybe got a bit of a laugh out of it? You know I think my 
biggest failure this year has been my inability to grow a gherkin. And I have been trying for <laughs> two years and I just produce, in the words of Royal Dahl, Snores Cumbers. Like, they're just massive. <laughs> and there'll be a tiny one. So I grew them at the allotment the year before and um, really sunny sport. And they were doing quite well. And then overnight, they just turned into these beasts. So I was like, right, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to take them to the garden, do them in the greenhouse where I can keep an eye on them. And they're literally about 30 metres from my back door. And I'll see one. I'll be like, perfect size for pickling. And then I honestly, hours later, I feel like it's just massive. And I mean, it obviously <laughs> isn't happening in that short time frame. But it's amazing. I feel like you need to constantly watch them. So I've just decided <laughs> me and Gherkins, we just don't, we haven't got that kind of a relationship. Um, and That's such yeah, a shame as not, well, because they're the so good. I know. And I just love them. I want to eat them and everything, but just not homegrown gherkins. So no, they're not for me. Do you think that next year's the year? Or is, is, <sighs> is that it? I don't know. I, I do have that sometimes where I'll give something a go a few times. So actually this year was a really bad year for garlic rust for me. And mm. I've grown garlic successfully for quite a few years. I, I think actually speaking to the Instagram community, lots of people suffered with garlic rust. Yeah, I've you heard do, that a lot this year. That is like one of the challenges of having an allotment where our, our plots are all very close together. And as soon as someone has e.g., you know, potato blight, it spreads quite quickly. So if there's rust somewhere on the allotment, guaranteed if given a few days, everyone will kind of have it. And it was it was really frustrating because the garlic was doing so well. And um I did sort of manage to I did manage to have a, a crop. It just wasn't as good as I would have liked it to be. And I was like, right, that's it. I'm giving up. I'm not growing garlic. <laughs> and then like last week I went and bought some garlic bulbs and have planted them. So who knows? Who knows? I'll probably have a third attempt at gherkins. So with you, you mentioned that you grow um, on your allotment and in your back garden. What have been the biggest challenges, would you say, with splitting your time between the two? I think it's, it's much easier to garden at home because it's it's right there. And I used to always sort of try and direct plant as much as possible because that would obviously save time when I was doing it at the allotment. I think that's probably been the biggest change in the last year since having Arlo is that I can't always get to the allotment. So I am starting much more, um, many more crops off in in pots at home. So that's going to be a bit of a challenge um, next year, I think, trying to plant everything out. And it's one thing I would always say to newbies is, you know, direct plant when you can, um, mm-hmm. because it saves so much time then having to worry about transplanting them and hardening them off, et cetera, if you go through that process. Um, so that has that has been a bit of a challenge. So on the subject of tips with your sort of tip for direct planting, do you have any guilty gardening secrets, sort of gardening shortcuts that you wouldn't necessarily see recommended in books, but that really works for you? Um, do you know, probably just I tend to be slightly lazy sometimes in the sense that if I've if I've grown a number of plants and I plant them out, I will always keep the sort of, you know, they will say, I'll oh, get rid of your weak plants. Don't there's no yeah. point. I'll always put them on. I have like this little secret stash of the weak plants. And then what happens is normally my first lot will get eaten by something and it'll be then time to roll out the weedy weak plants. And I'll be like, <laughs> Yes, this is your time to shine, guys. <laughs> um so yeah, so and they always say, you know, don't over sow or but I always tend to keep stuff um and just see what happens and 
it tends to sometimes really be beneficial for me and I've got those backup plants yeah so that's the sort of time when you're like I knew I knew I was doing yeah. this for a reason <laughs> and sometimes I think should I just plant out the weedy plants you know to encourage the predators in and then the pigeons yeah. can eat them and then my stronger plants can go out second um yeah. but I think you know if I try and trick the gardening world it, it probably won't work so I'll just stick to what I normally do <laughs> they'll still take all the strong plants and yeah, you'll be left exactly. with all the I, I do think as well there's an element of it that you've put the hard work into getting them to germinate and you sort of you don't want to just kind of chuck them on the compost heap do you? no no and especially because the chickens will jump into the compost heap and eat anything in about five seconds and so if I've been like nurturing something for like a couple of months I, sometimes it, you know it saddens me to see it like devoured so quickly um so it's like I'll just hide it away from them and then they won't they won't be able to get it for a while have you got any like new things that you're going to try with the new year coming or any kind of new varieties that you want to try next year um so I actually think that I'm having a bit of a return to my favorite varieties because I think actually sometimes in especially following so many different gardening accounts and social media, you can get quite kind of excited about all these amazing different varieties, which yeah. is amazing because it inspires you to grow things that you perhaps wouldn't have grown. But also I think sometimes you you sort of forget that you're growing because you enjoy eating the produce. So yeah, yeah. a few years ago, I grew um, I think a double red sweet corn and it was beautiful and so like a lovely deep red colour. Um, everyone on, on Instagram was like, oh, I'm going to grow this. And then I like ate it and I was like, it's just not as good as just normal, regular yellow sweet corn. Mm. Um, and so I've just kind of actually gone back to some of the basics that I started growing at the beginning that I just really enjoyed eating. Um, things like salad as well. Like I, we eat so much salad in the summer. So I'm just like, right, let's have a really big area of the plot where we're growing loads of salad that's going to last all yeah. through the summer um because i think sometimes you can sort of lose focus on actually the, the main purpose is because we want to eat what we grow and not have to buy yeah. any fruit and vegetables so a little bit of a return to just looking at actually what do we spend our money on and what can we therefore grow and and what are we going to eat as a family it's um it's funny that you mentioned the red sweet corn actually because um i went to a press event at river cottage um in September and actually one of the people that I was talking to there said exactly the same thing that they grew it and they said it looked really beautiful and everything but when it actually came to eating it it just wasn't as enjoyable yeah and I, I think I've, there's been a few times I've grown something that I thought wow you look beautiful I bet you gonna taste amazing and then I've just been almost like a little bit disappointed I think the exception is squash because squash can look you know really crazy and yeah. still taste great um <laughs> so I'm all for growing crazy different varieties of squash but yeah I think it's looking at what what we're sort of eating as a family and and therefore kind of growing accordingly taking it back to basics making sure that you're getting the stuff on the plate that you actually want rather than yeah. just Instagram worthy <laughs> definitely definitely and it, I mean actually popping strawberry popping corn I did grow this year um I've grown that for a few years now and that does is one of those sort of vegetables that looks really funky but I is is great um when popped and I do enjoy growing that but for me yeah just it'll be regular yellow corn this year nothing fancy just you know something we really enjoy eating so before we go we just wanted to ask you, what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned since you've been gardening? A couple of things. One, um, just look at your space. And I, everyone does say this, but our plot is really sunny and really exposed. And mm -hmm. I 
don't think at the start I just started growing like salads everywhere and then in the heat they would all bolt and I'd be like why is this happening and it's just actually knowing the conditions and taking time to realize what you can grow where so for us you know corn artichokes um, squash things that like sun grow really really well Um, but I have to think about okay how am I going to grow for example salads so they don't bolt so that might be then making better use of space so we'll grow quite a lot of things vertically and that gives us more space but b we can then use the shade under those sort of vertical crops to grow things that need a little bit more shade so that's how we tend to do most of our kind of salads um and, and greens so that's that's been trial and error and just working out on our plot you know where where are the windy areas where's the sun coming around and actually how are we going to use that to, to grow crops to get the, the most produce and I guess they're things that you don't even sort of consider when you're brand new to growing you just sort of as you say you think you know love eating lettuce we'll put loads of lettuce in and then you really learn that actually planning the wider plot really really helps get good results yeah and it can be really disheartening I think when you you know everyone else says oh salad's so easy and if you've grown loads of salad and then it's just it's bolted all, all in the space of a week it can feel quite disheartening and unless you've got like chickens who you know eat all of your bolted salad um <laughs> you're like oh you know no so I think yeah stopping and just planning and the same in our garden as well I mean we've we sort of transformed all of our garden but there are plants that we have still moved around I mean there's a rose which I think is going to move to its like fourth place um this summer because every we kind of go out and we're like is that the right place for that is it getting a bit <laughs> leggy because it's trying to get some more sun um and so there are things that I think it just takes time and a garden is never finished and I think you do have to remember that and just find the joy in the process of it constantly changing um and evolving and that's part of, of the fun isn't it I think that's really sound advice yeah, for anybody that's new just just keep going with it and keep trying it's been it's been um great speaking to you and for anybody listening who doesn't already follow Rachel on Instagram the good life ain't easy well worth a follow for you lots of inspirational pics. Life ain't easy. <laughs> Such colourful pictures. Yeah, but although if, if you don't like chickens, you know, then you probably want to avoid. Yeah, maybe steer clear. <laughs> <laughs> a warning. Well, thanks very much for chatting to us, Blake. I think that Rose is coming over with the teas now. Time for a cuppa. Thank you. Brilliant, thanks. I also have something else to bring to you today, um, and it is Trimbot, the gardening robot. Oh. Yes, so scientists at the University of Edinburgh have developed a self-navigating automated gardening robot called Trimbot, wow. which I'm guessing stands for trim and then bot, because one of its, <laughs> one of its main jobs yeah. I mean they didn't say that but that's just what I'm thinking or it should be anyway yeah. one of its main jobs is to trim trim bushes um it has a 3d mapping and cameras to move around your garden performing tasks with tools including pruning roses trimming bushes and even mowing your garden lawn so wow it yeah. sounds so futuristic exactly and I think it's been designed so in the future it might be used to um, control sort of communal gardening spaces and also help people who might struggle to do their own gardening in the garden yeah it's very funky and wow photos of it but yeah what what do you guys think of Trimbot? Think wow. it's a good thing? yeah I did yeah. say about it I do think it's a good thing I guess although it does stop people getting out in their garden so much and obviously yeah. I think that's one of the main criticisms of it 
But if it can help people to get those jobs done that they don't really want to do, then why not? Yeah, exactly. I doesn't do fruit and veg at the moment. So I think gardeners, growers are still safe from Trimble. <laughs> but yeah, I guess if you've got sort of a huge garden that you might need to maintain, maybe, I don't know, 50 years in the future, Trimble might be your answer. Yeah. But it definitely shows technology, how technology is progressing very quickly. Is this already out or is it? Just it's just been designed. So we can't get it this Christmas. No. Okay. <laughs> I dread to think how much it would be cost if we could. Yeah. Might no. auto trim your Christmas tree as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not out so far, but I think maybe in the near future, it might be something that might be coming out. Yeah, I thought that was incredible. Gardening so. is getting with the time that's moving forwards, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I've actually seen something that would be a worry for anybody who is keeping trim bots in their shed. Um, AA has actually recently done some research and found that garden crime is up this year on last year, and it was up in, from 2018 to 2017. I know that obviously allotment security is quite a hot topic on in that community so I mean do you think that allotment sites can be doing more to keep people safe or do you think it's down to the individual to be locking up their tools and I think it's a shame that this has to be done at all I guess yeah. but yeah I think there's definitely a sense of community community on allotment isn't there so yeah. by having that sense of community I guess everybody's looking out each other and the more people you know they're going to know if that's not you on your plot so you can invest in locks and security cameras and I agree I think it's something you don't really want to be doing Mm. but unfortunately I don't know if it's just a fact of life that there are going to be these sorts of incidents that happen and maybe perhaps planning ahead is one of the best things that you can do yeah and I suppose it must especially be a challenge with um, community gardens and allotments because obviously the resources there are needing to be out in the open for everybody to use yeah. it's just you know a shame that this is something that has to come up but I suppose it's one of the challenges I did see somebody that had all of their veg nicked as well like what? they'd grown yeah this was in the summer and they'd grown loads he'd grown so much stuff and then hundreds of pounds worth of food like show veg do you think someone else had sabotaged I don't or? think it was to go and win prizes ordinary fruit and veg yeah but it was I didn't never really think about the monetary value of fruit and veg but they'd actually calculated how much it was worth and how much he'd lost in terms of money. So that's also something, you know, it's not just your hobby or something that you enjoy. It actually takes a lot out of your pocket when something like that happens. Think of all the water and, and the products and everything that you're using, how yeah. it does add up. I yeah. wonder what that person did with all of that stuff. Did they just go and have like a massive feast or did they <laughs> like sell it in the, on the black market or something? <laughs> Buy turnips on the black yeah. market. Yeah. I feel bad laughing about this guy. No, I know, I know. We yeah. do. I, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it would be so disappointing as well because the sort of the big harvests in the calendar, you really look forward to them, don't you? Like yeah. your prize pumpkin or whatever, or your Christmas Brussels sprouts. That's you know. So, do we need more CCTV on allotments or better security? I don't know how. How do you tackle that? What do you think, Laura? Oh, I really don't know what the answer is. I mean, I think it's a difficult one because obviously having an allotment and growing your own veg you know you don't always want to be spending out loads and loads of money on the latest security camera or something but equally if someone breaks in and steals your rotavator and all your veg you know I don't really know what the answer is but I suppose keep an eye on each other look after your allotment neighbours I agree with Blake that strengthening that 
community feel is probably one of the best things to do first like if you're sort of talking yeah. to everyone on the plot um saying you know have you seen anything that looks a bit untoward or something like that then if you just sort of have those conversations get in touch with each other on a regular basis and then hopefully if anyone spots anything then you can keep on top of it that way look out for one another definitely yeah. actually talking of people breaking in or not so much people i read this morning in the metro that um about this bull that broke into somebody's back garden what? <laughs> so i kid you not the bull named arnold after arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> broke in he head butted a wheelie bin left giant hoof marks in the lawn and splattered dung all over the patio well i mean the dung is useful at least well that's true so, so my question to you guys is what would you do if you woke up and found a bull in your back garden i don't know not wear my red jacket <laughs> You could try to. Is there anyone you can call in that sort of situation? What do you do? Like? I don't know what the protocol is for this. No. To be honest. Yeah. What did they do? Uh, he said oh. that he called his fiance and then just sat and watched from the house whilst <laughs> the bull like you know, tore up the garden. So. I oh, mean, no. yeah, that's. I mean, that's not your usual. Pest. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> Had a real problem with rabbits this week. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. So you have to be careful out there. Don't know who's yeah. going to break him. And what next? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he was just hungry, needed a little snack or something. Yeah. Maybe fed him. The guy that said this said that um, they'd had some sheep, you know, that was regular. You'd get sheep breaking yeah. in. But this was a real turn up for the book, something that hadn't happened before. Yeah, that really isn't a normal sort of thing that you're having to deal with on the allotment, is it? But speaking of things that we do need to deal with on a daily basis, if Blake and Rose, you wouldn't mind heading back to your desks and get this magazine out the door... I will spend a little bit of time thinking about the jobs on the plot that you need to be doing this week. Winter might welcome the colder weather and fewer hours of sunlight in, but this doesn't mean the fun of growing fruit and veg is lost altogether. You'll find a full list of jobs in the recent issue of Grow Your Own magazine, but we'll now take a quick look at the top jobs to do over the next week or so in December. Keep your veg garden ticking over by sowing some hardy winter veg such as broad beans. This can be sown in December and will produce a harvest next spring. You can also have fun planting fruit trees and bushes this month, including raspberries, blueberries and blackberries. Just make sure the soil isn't waterlogged or frozen before planting. You'll need to bring your herb plants inside this month. Place them on a windowsill to help them absorb as much winter sunlight as possible. Picking a few leaves at a time and avoiding waterlogged soil will help keep them ticking over. Another task you can do this week is to store parsnips and leeks in containers filled with soil. You are able to leave parsnips in the ground as a light frost can improve their flavour, but watch out for the hard winter frosts as these can freeze the roots into the ground. One way to get ready for next season is having a good clear out in the greenhouse. Order your pots and seed trays and use a brush to clean them out so you're all ready for your spring sowings. Now we've got one for thrifty growers. You can get more herbs from the plants you've already got. Take cuttings from perennials like mint and propagate them under cover. Now is a really good time to start planning your 2020 plot and it's great we caught up with Rachel earlier and she reminded us that don't just get sidetracked by the things that are beautiful to grow and look good on Instagram but grow the things that you and your friends and family really love to eat. So thanks very much to Rachel for giving us that timely reminder. 
that's actually all from us this episode. So thank you very much for listening and happy growing. Thanks again for listening to The Dirt in association with the Organic Gardening Catalogue. Whether you're an accomplished organic grower or just interested in learning about growing in a more natural way, the Organic Gardening Catalogue is for you. They're the one-stop shop for all things garden related. They've got a fantastic selection of seeds, plants, tools and more. Be inspired by growing organic, whether it be in a garden, an allotment or even on a city balcony. Visit organiccatalogue.com for more. And don't forget to subscribe to The Dirt for free to make sure you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to tell your allotment neighbours. We have some really exciting guests coming up and one of them could be you. Do you or someone you know have some great gardening advice, dirty gardening secrets or funny disasters on the plot? Email thedirt at growfruitandveg.co.uk to let us know. Plus, as a special treat for a monthly dose of trusted garden advice from the whole Grow Your Own team, we've got an exclusive offer just for the dirt listeners. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash pod G, that's P-O-D-G, or call 0800 904 7000 and quote pod G to get three issues of Grow Your Own magazine for just £6 and every issue comes with a selection of free seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms.